A video version of this podcast is available at AboundingJoy.com and also on our YouTube pages. Hey guys, thanks for joining me in this first episode of a series of posts on the general topic of learning how to think biblically. Today I want to share with you what's been going on in my mind that's kind of led me to start this series. We'll see how far it goes. It's one of those things that could go on and on, but we'll see. First, let me point out something Paul wrote to the Corinthians. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You'll be familiar with these words, very familiar passage of scripture. Paul wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course, for though we walk in the flesh, we live in human bodies, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now listen very closely to verse 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's an amazing passage of Scripture. We're not going to do a word-by-word study of it right now, but that'd certainly be valuable, wouldn't it? Very profitable. Absolutely. It's all God's Word. But what I want us to focus on here is that we're in a vast spiritual war. God makes that very clear. He tells us a lot more about it in other places in the Bible, especially in Ephesians chapter 6. By the way, I have some posts you can listen to from Ephesians chapter 6. If, if you're interested, let me know. I'll be glad to send you the links about our spiritual warfare. But I want us to look at verse 5. We're to be about the business of destroying arguments. You hear that? Destroying arguments and opinions that men raise up against the knowledge of God. Destroying arguments and opinions that men raise up against the knowledge of God. And then look at the end of that verse. We're to take every thought. Did you hear that? We're to take every thought captive to obey Christ. What does he mean by that? Well, here's what he means. He means that there are two ways of thinking that men engage in. One is thinking consisting of arguments and opinions thinking that's raised up against the knowledge of God. The other kind of thinking is based on the truth of God's Word. Do you remember in his high priestly prayer when Jesus was praying for his followers? He prayed these words, Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. God's word is truth. Jesus prayed that back to the Father for us to hear. And when God's word, which is truth, directs our thinking, we won't be confused or deceived by these arguments and opinions he's telling us about that are raised up against God's truth. But listen, guys, this requires some disciplined thinking, 
And there is way, way too much mushy thinking going on in the heads of way, way too many people who actually call themselves Christians. And part of the fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit himself produces in us is self-controlled thinking. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. In other words, we have to learn to think biblically. We have to have minds that are taught by God's Word. And we have to recognize the kind of thinking that raises itself against God's Word and see it for what it is. It's demonic. This is more important in our day-to-day, guys, than it's ever been before, I think, in the history of the United States. It's getting very, very serious. I live here in the United States of America. I love the United States of America. Early in our history, most of our citizens operated from a more or less biblical worldview. I'm not saying they always got it right. I know that. They, 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 sometimes they didn't make such great decisions. Sometimes they made great decisions. But almost everybody acknowledged then that the God of the Bible certainly created the world that we live in. And most everybody acknowledged that the Bible contained the truth. Truth with a capital T. What we might call true truth. Truth that corresponds to reality. You understand what I'm saying? Truth according to which we should be making decisions and living our lives. And those guys established a pretty amazing constitution in a pretty amazing country. It wasn't perfect. It had its flaws, but it was truly amazing. Satan, of course, has always hated it with a great passion. He would like to take the flaws and try to tear the whole thing down if he could. Now, I know that our founding fathers' most common beliefs about the Bible were not universal even then. There were exceptions even then. But the vast majority of people wouldn't argue with those statements I made earlier about God and the Bible. But over time, many, many decades, some things happened. Things that led to more and more people questioning those statements. And more and more people simply outright rejecting those statements. For several generations, people who had a Christian heritage would pass down their essential beliefs to their kids. They took them to church. They affirmed basic biblical doctrine. But over time, many of them, not all, thankfully, but many of them lost touch with why they believed what they believed. So over time, more and more of the kids raised in church began to ask themselves, How do I know that all of this is really true? And sadly, for many of them, the only answer they had was, well, it's what my folks believed. It's what their folks believed before them. And unfortunately, for many of them, that turned out not to be a very satisfactory answer when they started hearing other stuff. At the same time, many of them found themselves wanting to engage in behaviors that they had always been told were wrong. But these behaviors were very, very tempting. (laughs) And now they were beginning to think, I don't see what's so bad about this. I don't see why it's so wrong. Why should I live this way just because an old book we call the Bible tells me I'm supposed to live this way? And... They didn't have very convincing answers. They weren't really looking for very convincing answers. They began to decide that what they once thought was wrong, well, maybe it wasn't so wrong after all. 
And as their desires led them down a road that questioned their childhood beliefs, and as they began to decide that their childhood religion was just too restrictive, you know what I mean? They wanted more freedoms to do things they wanted to do that the Bible said were wrong. They began to look for other ways to think about this world they were living in. And it turned out to be pretty easy to find people who were just like them, but maybe even way ahead of them in their movement away from God's word and the arguments and the opinions that they were already raising up against God and God's word. There were people who had come up with worldviews that gave them permission to do the stuff that their Christian upbringing did not. And they tried at the same time to sugarcoat the outcomes, which are always disastrous. And unfortunately, many of the people who are concocting these worldviews or who are simply embracing them after somebody else concocted them, maybe, they weren't actually thinking in terms of what's the real truth? Where's the real truth? I'm looking for the real truth. That wasn't the way they were thinking. And again, I'm using the word truth as the word truth should be used. You understand what I'm saying? Truth is what corresponds to reality. I don't get to live in a make-believe world. Neither do you. None of us do. We live in a real world. We don't get to decide for ourselves what truth is, as each one of us just kind of lived in his or her own make-believe world. Instead of asking what's the real truth, they were saying, what seems to work the way I want it to work? How can I think in a way that will kind of ease my conscience and make me feel good about what I'm doing? What can I claim to believe that will justify my doing whatever I want to do? And eventually, a large part of our population just kind of reinforced each other and they abandoned the Christianity of their childhoods. Might have been the Christianity of their parents' childhoods. Might have been the Christianity of their grandparents' childhood, but somewhere back there, there was a kind of form of Christianity they might have been connected to. They walked away from it, and they began to embrace new ways of thinking. Very unbiblical. And you know what? To be honest, the catalyst for the change, if we want to be totally honest, was quite often based on their sexual desires. Satan has always found a way to use sex and sexual desires and sexual temptations to get people to try to rethink their view of life and accept a philosophy of life that's very unbiblical and anti-God. But there were other catalysts too. Sometimes a catalyst was just a desire to fit in with a certain group that they like, maybe a university class. That's happened over and over and over. Kids go off to college. They don't really know why they believe what they believe. They sit down in a university class with a professor who's really honed and fine-tuned his ability to persuade them to reject God, reject the Christianity of their childhood. These people had already embraced it. These kids wanted to fit in. So they just said, okay, I guess this sounds pretty good. Makes me sound sophisticated. Makes me sound like a philosopher. <laughs> ah. Well, over time, their numbers grew. And eventually, there were enough of them that they decided they could try to force people who disagreed with them to get in line. You know why they do that? Because biblically thinking people bother their consciences about the truth. So now we're having to deal with that pressure in our culture now. Christians are under the gun. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We'll get to that later. When I was a young man, though, myself, I went through a challenge, too, to my thinking. And I began to wonder for a while if I could trust the Bible. For a while, I even began to wonder if there was really a God out there. I'd allowed Satan to distract me really badly into more academic kind of things. But this is really important now, guys. Please listen closely. While I did go through that, and I attribute this purely to God's grace, but instead of embracing a desire not to trust the Bible and a desire for God not to be real, 
there was something inside me that said, Steve, you need to be more honest about this. You need to know the truth, the true truth. <laughs> and as I began to try to find answers to those tough questions, and this was something that went on through the years. Eventually, I began to assemble the kind of information I've tried to share with you in the Veritas 2020 series and in other ways on our web pages, on our YouTube pages. It's all out there. Through the years, God's confirmed to me over and over again the deep, very profound realization that, yes, God is certainly real. There's no doubt about it. Yes, the Bible really is his word. It can be trusted. Yes, I can find the truth about Jesus in the pages of the Bible. Yes, he really did die on the cross for my sins. And yes, he really did conquer death when he rose from the dead on the third day. It's all true. Now, listen, this is important, guys. Please hear me here. These are not just religious affirmations. These are not just cool doctrinal statements that somebody made up in the past. It's not just my heritage. It's the truth. This is true truth we're talking about, actual truth. This is what corresponds to reality. And this is the foundation for what we call a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. So here we are, 2021, living in a world when a very significant part of our population totally rejects that biblical Christian worldview. And there are some people out there who are very aggressively, aggressively pushing their non-biblical worldviews, their anti-biblical worldviews, trying to overwhelm people with them. And at the same time, there are a large number of people, this is so sad, who've personally identified as being Christian, maybe because their parents were Christians, but they've just not examined their foundations very carefully. They're not really really sure why they believe what they claim to believe, so they're easily persuaded to adopt newer, non-Christian, non-biblical ways of thinking when the pressure gets heavy. So now there's a worldview, I guess I should be more accurate and say there are worldviews that are just openly challenging what we Christians have always taught and believed, and unfortunately there are a lot of people who have called themselves Christians, and maybe they still got kind of a gut feeling down in their insides, down in their heart, you know, they, they kind of... They kind of know that the Christian worldview really is true, but they're not equipped to explain why they believe that what they believe. So Christianity just seems to be losing ground. They're hiding. They don't want to have to deal with this. And it's losing ground to other worldviews that seem more desirable to a lot of our kids and, and actually to a lot of the general population in, in our country. And way too many of them are not asking, what's the truth? They're asking, what worldview can I adopt that others have already adopted that will let me live the way I want to live and that will cause those non-Christian secular people to leave me alone? <laughs> and they're treating worldviews as if there were items on a buffet table or something. They're trying to convince themselves that truth can just be whatever they want it to be. But guys, nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> Speaking of truth. Now, I've already tried to help Christians understand why we believe what we believe about God and the Bible and Jesus in the Veritas 2020 series. So I'm not going to try to repeat all that here. If you haven't watched that series, seriously, guys, seriously, you really, really need to watch the whole series. And you not only need to watch it. Listen to me, guys. You need to try to internalize as much of that as you can. Learn it. Memorize some of that stuff so you can be equipped so you can share these truths with others when God gives you an opportunity to do that. He'll give you opportunities. But here in this new series we're starting right now, 
What I'm hoping to do is help us think about the implications of our Christian worldview for the way we behave, for the commitments we make, for the kind of thinking we're doing at a time when the Christian worldview really is under attack. It's being vigorously challenged by people who disagree with us. So if you're a Christian, I'm just praying that you'll see the need for all of us to learn to think more biblically and to recognize it when non-biblical worldviews are beginning to effectively get a lot of people confused. Too many Christians just get confused. They get, what's the word, discombobulated? <laughs> because they, they, they just don't know how to think biblically. And they're hearing all these different things. They don't know how to process it. We need to learn to very intentionally think in ways that God has taught us to think so that we can stay in this battle that he's placed us in until he calls us home. And he is going to call us home. It's going to be sooner than we think. One of these days we'll be looking back on this world with a, wow, that was fast. Oh, yeah. We need to use the time while we still have some daylight. Redeem the time and stay tuned, okay? Father, thank you for giving us your word, for giving us our Lord Jesus Christ, for giving us your Holy Spirit, for giving us the truth. And Lord, we confess that we've not always done a very good job of internalizing your truth. We've not always done a good job of thinking biblically, Lord. We've not always done a good job of recognizing Satan's crafty schemes and his unbiblical thinking that's caused others to exalt themselves against you and against your word and against your truth with their opinions, their lofty opinions. So, Lord, please help us to get to the place where we'll see these things more quickly for what they really are that we'll recognize Satan's schemes more quickly and his lies, and that we will learn to stand firm in your word, in your truth, loving, gracious, kind, but firm, courageous followers of Jesus. Teach us, please, Lord, to think biblically. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.